Hello everyone! We are back with another episode of the STEM Talks Podcast. So today, we'll be talking about how the pandemic has highlighted the importance of STEM and even more so in mga STEM careers. So it is said that the demand for STEM careers will not only continue to increase in the future, but also help contribute to solving challenges just like this pandemic. So students are now urged to pursue a meaningful career in STEM. So today, we invited two young STEM professionals to talk to us about why they pursued a STEM career, as well as the importance of pursuing one in these times. So I'd like to introduce Denise and Paul to the session. Maybe you can both introduce yourself also. I'd like to ask uh, Denise to start. Thank you, Diane. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone who are listening to our podcast. So I'm Denise. Actually, I, Diane, I don't feel like I'm young anymore. So <laughs> uh, just to let you know, I feel like a dinosaur. But anyway, people will find out why if they if you can easily Google. So I am a professor at the Eberswalde University in Sustainable Development in Germany. And previously, I graduated with a doctorate degree in Agricultural Sciences from the University of Bonn. Prior to that, I did my master's at the Central European University. Previously, it was in Hungary, but due to political pressure, it's now based in Vienna, Austria. And then I also did my bachelor's degree at the Ateneo de Manila University at the biology department. So very nice to meet everyone. And you can always reach out to me per email or even on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and hopefully I will be more more active in the coming days yeah thank you diane thank you denise for sharing that maybe i'd also like to hear from paul to share so hi everyone my name is john paul i finished my master's and phd in biology degree at Mindanao state university in elegant institute of technology then i finished my bs biology uh, degree at Notre Dame of the Jungas University here in General Santa City. So my research interests include pharmaceutical science, drug discovery, drug development for cancer treatment. So previously I worked as a research consultant for a biotech company based in New York. And now I will be working with Dr. Vital at the Biological Research Services Laboratory under the University of Philippines Philippines. So hi everyone. Thank you, Paul. I also want to ask you, uh, what got you interested in the field that you're currently in? Like, um, has this always been the path you wanted or envisioned for yourself? So, what got me interested in the field of STEM is that, simula pa lang pagkabata, my parents already told me that I should pursue medicine. I have to be a physician, like first of the family. But, and, nagustuhan ko naman din yung idea na yun. And that is one of the reasons why I took BS Biology as a pre-med course. Thank you, Paul, for sharing. What about what about you, Denise? Has this also been the path that you wanted? Actually, not really. So, you know, I always felt like in the Philippines, it's way too early to decide on what you want to be for the rest of your life at the age of 16, right? When we try to decide, okay, which course would I apply to for college, etc. So at least during my time, we didn't have the, the K to 12. So that's how 
that's why I'm saying earlier that I'm a bit of a dinosaur because I'm part of, of this generation that was really deciding at the age of 16 what we wanted to do. So at the age of 16, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was um, doing different things in in high school. I was playing for the softball team. I was not a very much an A student, but getting good grades, but still not really up there, right? So not too much for the, for the sciences, but was good in other things like humanities or management. So for college, I thought like, okay, maybe I should just apply for, for management because I was getting high grades in management, like business management. And then eventually I got a scholarship from the BPI Foundation, but they only require science courses. And that means that the course that I took, which was management, was not really possible. So I had to shift to biology, to Ateneo de Manila. So similar to, to Paul, it was a pre-med course. And still during that time, I didn't know what to do. I just felt like, I guess like others in the Philippines, we just needed to get this degree and then work afterwards. But everything changed. I think when I joined the Loyola Mountaineers. So that's the time that I thought that, hey, would be nice if I do work with the environment and indigenous peoples. And so when even in high school, and I was already doing a lot of environmental work with an environmental club, but I never really thought of environmental science as a career. And I think during my time, it was not really popular. It was not even in the list of science careers of the PPI Foundation during that time, if I remember correctly. That's why I had to, to shift to biology where there were less mathematics. So long story short, that thing led to another. So I, I worked in NGOs and then there was a time that was very difficult to find a job, but I was able to find a research assistant job at the Marine Science Institute under Dr. Arturo Luisma. And he is the head of the Molecular Biology and Biotechnology Laboratory. And I was really, really inspired by how he took a chance on me. And that was my introduction to science and to our STEM careers. And then that's where that was one part which led me to decide, okay, I wanted to probably pursue an academic route. And even more so when I heard Dr. Georgine Primavera, when she had a talk at UP Diliman, she said, yeah, what we need is science-based development. So prior to that, I was so much into the NGO. I really wanted to work for nonprofits. But then I decided, okay, maybe it's not just passion or heart which will get through this development work but also something that uses the brain so which is part, sort of the academic part of things and that's where I decided okay I'll stick to, to the academe yeah thank you I guess I also want to ask you so what are you working on now nowadays that you're excited about sure so so the work that I did prior to the professorship was a project called More Step, which is about the mobility of herders in Mongolia. So, and I was working with more on the social science component, but it's a big consortium project. And it has really all components like natural science, working on remote sensing, working on vegetation, 
etc but of course we, we did we didn't have the molecular biology component and so we were looking at the difficulties in the mongolian steppe ecosystem so this is the grassland so if i i know you guys probably are aware of of mongolia right so so what we do there is that it's an interdisciplinary project so it's not just purely social science and just purely natural science but looking at the interface of this and how for example drought lack of water and then lack of vegetation because of degradation of land contributes to people moving or migrating so that's really looking at how ecological processes impact social processes such as migration yeah and now in the professorship which i'm just starting it will be focusing on biosphere research because i worked in palawan for quite some time with uh, and it's a unesco biosphere reserve and so i i also work with indigenous communities there so basically my my work is at the interface of ecology and also working with with local communities and indigenous peoples thank you denise it's really interesting also that although your career path right now it's also by Yes, serendipity. It's serendipity also. It's something where you want to be in. So thank you so much for sharing that, Denise. Um, what about you, Paul? I know you also, you, you mentioned that uh, you work in research, especially now. And maybe you can also share something that you're working on that you're also excited about. So ever since I was in college, I have been doing uh, natural product research. So we test uh, medicinal plants and confirm or uh, determine if they have uh, pharmacological, uh, pharmacological activities. So, upon reaching to master's and my PhD degree, uh, mainly I, I mainly focus on the uh, determination of the pharmacological properties of medicinal plants used by our indigenous people. My my research focus on the, the on the Tiboli tribe. So. In my research, I mainly focused on the anti-cancer properties of those with medicinal plants and to confirm if they really have those pharmacological properties. Then during my PhD, which I did in New York, uh, we focused on the application of nanotechnology to form nanomedicine and to uh, efficiently improve the drug delivery system of those medicinal products we have that we have extracted from our plant sample. So now that I will be working with Dr. Vital, I am excited that I will be working again with natural products under Mam Rubio. So we'll be focusing on this specific medicinal plant and its pharmacological activities. And we'll be developing different toxicological assays and genotoxicity as uh, assays that will be hopefully serving as part of our service that will that we'll be offering to our new researchers here in the Philippines. Thank you, Paul. Good good luck. Good luck also with your research and your line of work and interest. No? So I guess related to that, did you ever encounter imposter syndrome? For because I know a lot of Filipinos and young professionals such as ourselves also experience this. So Maybe you can share if you've ever experienced this and how did you try to escape it? So personally, yes. Like when I receive your message in Instagram, while reading your message, imposter syndrome was slowly kicking in. 
like it is this feeling of like why me <laughs> like there's a lot of more deserving individuals who can share better stories or better or has better journey when it comes to research and also there are a lot of uh scientists or researchers that are i think more inspirational than me but yeah it's a bit pretty annoying but we got to do what we got to do we have to step up and decide for ourselves that my story is also worthy of sharing that we deserve whatever recognition that we receive that our journey is as inspirational as to others and yeah they're they are worthy of sharing so for me what I did to, to escape uh, imposter syndrome is to have a strong support system like my friends and my family. Like they are the constant reminder of my achievements that all of it were worthy. Then I could also have my fair share of struggles and uh, success making me the person that I am today. Thank you, Paul. Did you, you since you mentioned strong support system, do you also have role models naman you look up to in terms of your STEM or STEM career aspirations? During college, I have absolutely no one to look up to because during my time when I was in my BS Biology program, my only idea of my core is I have to pursue medicine. And if hindi hindi ako makapursue na medicine, I have to be a quality control officer in a in a certain canning corporation here in Jensan, or I have to teach. Then when I was doing my college thesis, that was the time that I have realized that I really want to do research. Then when my parents told me that I cannot pursue medicine because it will be hard for them to send me to med to a medical school while my younger brother is pursuing his civil engineering program to medyo magasus sa para sa parents ko and i don't want to be selfish for my brother na para like i don't want my parents to struggle para lang para na kaming dalawa so at that time i thought na i have to work again but I come across this post on Facebook that uh, the OFT is offering a scholarship for grad school and I took the chance and took the risk para apply for the scholarship and luckily I got the scholarship. Then I went to MSU Ligan and took my master's and PhD. And from that point, nakilala ko yung iba't ibang researchers and scientists na nasite ko lang that is a college thesis course. Like I was starstruck with uh with them with their accomplishments. Na they have a lot of publications that they are working on communities to help the community and improve their lives. So yeah, nila ngayon ang mga inspiration ko when it comes to research. Like Dr. Olga Nunyesa is working on biodiversity of bats here in the Philippines, and Dr. Mylene Uy working on natural products using. Uh, different marine species to discover drugs, especially for cancer. Thank you, Paul, for sharing. And all, most especially for sharing how you also overcome imposter syndrome, you know, na 
it's about finding, validating your experiences then as a person in STEM and also finding the right support system to help you carry on. So thank you so much for that. So what about you, Denise? You can also share um, whether since you mentioned that you just you also shifted from management to a science course. So you can share if you've ever experienced you know, imposter syndrome, if, if you felt this and how did you try to escape this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and up to now, I still experience imposter syndrome. And a big big example for me would be every time I publish a paper, I would think, yeah, this is not enough. Why are people congratulating me? And it's not really, I think it's it's like the, the ugly side of the imposter syndrome and or some probably even something else because it feels like I, I would always compare myself to others and saying that, hey, they have more publications than I have. Uh, I should be publishing this number of papers per year. And using that as a benchmark for what a good researcher is. So I, I remember even one of my former principal investigators telling me that a good researcher would publish at least two first author papers per year. And then the other papers, uh, that would mean like if you're in the middle position or just in, in the position of the authors and in the byline, then it's fine. But but for, for her, she told me like it's two first author papers per year. And so what keeps me grounded then is same with Paul, my friends and family. So, but actually mostly my, my parents. So. When I, whenever I, I mention this to my mother, for example, or my sisters, then they would start calling out, saying, calling me out, saying that, hey, that's imposter syndrome. And then that's the time that I would think, okay, um, have to go back to what my goal is, etc., and then think how far I've gone. And s- several times there would also be very nice feedback from people that I work with. And so what I do, sometimes I make a screenshot and then I keep this. So, and then I go back to these and then read it again. And then it reminds me that, hey, don't don't worry about wherever you are. And as they say, you know, as they say, it's, it's not a race with others, but a race with, with oneself. So this is something that, that I try to go back to every time I, I feel about the imposter syndrome. Thank you, Denise. Very similar then, I guess, your, both your stories and sentiments on imposter syndrome. I guess it's very common, especially if in your younger years or if you're starting out in your career, that you have to, com- not exactly compete, but you have to keep up with how your batchmates or how your workmates or your friends are also um, keeping up with their careers, and I guess in the STEM program also, this is what we want to what we want to promote is basically that everyone's journey in STEM is very valid, even though you didn't come from a STEM background or it's something that you just got into, or for example, it's not something as planned. Like it's still valid because what matters is where you are now, naman eh, and how you plan to move forward um, after that. So thank you so much, Paul and Denise, for sharing that. I guess moving more something more personal to the students um based on your experience so far as someone who's 
working in STEM, what kind of skills can students get when they enter a STEM career? So I guess beyond the um, usual uh, the educational aspect of STEM, like in learning about biology, chemistry, etc. What are the skills that will benefit them when they enter the workforce? So one thing that we actually notice, so apart from the hard skills, usually I'm not sure if how other schools are, but in my time at Ateneo or even here, so there's a big difference, I would say. Because at least in Ateneo, they try to teach us philosophy, theology, sociology, and so this is very interdisciplinary, but somewhat now here in, in Germany, looking at the, the really STEM subjects, the difficulty is they're very good, for example, in their core subjects. So that means like it's, it's very technical ones, but they're lacking in the soft skills. And now this is something that makes or break, I think, uh, a scientist, especially if they want to shift from going from a university to the industry. So th uh, this is something that I, I also felt for myself, like the, there are a lot of things that they don't teach us in school. So for example, how to be professional with writing an email, how to deal with authorities, how what are power dynamics. And there are things that, that really, these, these, these are things that you just learn on the, on the fly. But I, I really hope that nowadays the curriculum, so I'm not aware of the curriculum of any university now in the Philippines, if they are incorporating the soft skills, these are very, very important. And I think one way to learn this, if not in the university, is earth. Uh, through internships so and this is probably something that we can discuss more later on on how to encourage this uh, stem or other skills for the students who are considering this career that's true i mean i guess also when i was a student i wasn't taught how to write a resume um, i guess my collaboration skills or weren't as strong yet uh, I learned a lot of these things along the way na lang siguro when I entered, when I started working. But I guess it just, the work life takes you by surprise na lang din eventually. So uh, thank you for sharing that. What about you, Paul? So do you, what are the kind of skills that students can get or that they need if they want to also enter a STEM career? So working in STEM, I have learned that I have to use my common sense like most of the time my experiments are just mere common sense like if you have to add this kind of chemical this should be the effect and most probably that will be the effect so that is sometimes yung mga nakakalitaan kasi sa sobrang common niya yun yung mga hindi ko na nakapansin mga ganyan na bagay so i think one that is one of the skills that you will really develop when you're pursuing a career in stem also, by habit, you will be very organized and doing everything that, like, a lot of activities more, you will be organized. Also, yeah, I agree with Denise that hindi na tinutuloy yung pagawa ng mga proper emails, yung mga interpersonal skills na dapat mo dapat na-develop na mo prior to entering a career in STEM. 
but I hope during college or in senior high school na yun nga sa curriculum sana madagdag yun because it will be very helpful lalo na when collaborating with different researchers the different individuals that are part of part of STEM field it will be very beneficial Thank you Paul and tama ka rin dyan, I guess na these skills, I guess what both of you mentioned, they're also common sense. You know, you dapat alam mo na eh. Like when you enter this, you should know it. But then a lot of things, pwede naman distract you, but a lot of things also, pwede you tend to forget about things because you're also focusing on other big things that require a lot of responsibility. And I guess very important then in STEM, critical thinking, that you have to go beyond you surface level knowledge mo, di ba? Parang common sense, pero go beyond pa rin. Um, something like that. So, Thank you, Paul, for sharing. So I also want to ask you, um, in our in STEM Plus, kasi we have a youth in STEM report. So this study is basically focused on the perceptions of the Filipino youth in STEM. So in our research, we had revealed, okay, they know what STEM is and they're interested in it. But as what you both mentioned, din kasi, um, they're still confident with their skills or they don't know the skills that they need to pursue STEM. So um, I guess in line with this, kasi, one of the big factors in the STEM drop-off, especially for females, is the lack of awareness of other STEM-related careers. So they, they still see STEM kasi, as the field of medicine and health, which isn't entirely, which isn't bad, naman, of course, but there's still other STEM careers kasi, that, that also matter. So I guess... From your perspective, or also, how can we better promote the mga STEM careers to the youth? I thought of an issue that is more rooted to our uh, culture here in the Philippines. So I think there is no specific solution for this one. I think that there are a lot of factors that affect this issue. Yeah, I believe that curiosity is the fuel for inquiry, discovery, and learning. However, here in the Philippines, most Filipinos have limited knowledge of what careers are available in STEM. Plus, in a typical Filipino household, especially those belonging to the middle to low-income families, their mindset when it comes to choosing a course during college or let's say strand during senior high school is most of the time rooted in the idea that it should lead to a career that we have an easy or fast return of investment. You dapat after you graduate, may work na agad para makatulong ka sa family mo. We have this mentality kasi na after college, yun nga, dapat makatulong ka na agad sa family mo, mapaaral mo na yung mga kapatid mo, ma-improve mo na yung bakay nyo or yung status nyo in life. But this idea kasi puts pressure to our students, lalo pa to female students because of this patriarchal idea na men are better than women. So it's, it is expected that women must secure a job as soon as it is available. Also, this idea limits the option of our students. They either stop from their current STEM courses or shift to another STEM course or even shift to a different field like business, tourism, hospitality management, etc. Plus, this leads to oversaturation of our workforce. Uh, consequently, to a huge graduate unemployment here in the Philippines. Like, we have too many teachers but we have few schools that pwede nilang pagtrabahuan. Also, we have too many nurses, but we offer low salaries, and only a few hospital or clinics are available for, for them. 
kaya they opt to work abroad and sometimes they are forced to work in BPO industry para lang makatulong agad sa family nila. Also, because of these ideas, we tend to prioritize specific courses in offered in the Philippines. Kasi nga, for example, nursing ang nursing and teaching ang in demand. Colleges and universities prioritize these courses than other courses in STEM or even outside STEM. So at the moment, what I am thinking is maybe we can introduce the different careers in STEM to our elementary and high school students as we have to educate the parents or make the parents aware of the different career paths available in STEM. Aside from nursing, teaching, and IT courses, which are very common careers in STEM, that students may pursue careers in research, policy making, science communication, and etc. that are equally important to our economy and offer a wide range of opportunities. Plus, these careers can also provide quality and easy access to good compensation here in the Philippines. Thank you, Paul. I, I, I very much agree. I think kasi dito sa Pinas, we're always on survival mode. Mas focus tayo dun eh, like providing for not just yourself but your family. So the moment you step out of college or yung education nyo, you have to find a career agad. Mas priority yung, I guess, how it how it can support yung lifestyle or yung buong family. Yeah. So, like and, what is practical. Yun nga eh, yeah. That, that's very true. And you, you we can't blame them din kasi some yeah. things are more, ano na eh, it's, it's more institutional or mas malaki din yung problem yeah. something beyond our control also. And I guess yung education system din na lang natin, it, it, they focus more on quantity, yung workload mo rather than the quality of the work or your education. So, yeah, uh, very much agree, Paul, and thank you so much for sharing that. So, what about you, Denise? Um, how can you, given uh, the Youth in STEM report insight, well, how can you also better promote STEM careers to the youth? Yeah, so I very much agree with what Paul said and very well said. And actually, for me, country is only as developed as its poorest person and i think everything really stems from from the development status of of the philippines so as as paul already mentioned no people are practical because they they want that people are able to to contribute to the family as soon as possible as soon as after graduating and i think that was also my initial insight when i was entering college that i just need a college degree so that i can work afterwards and then you know live however i think everything starts from as paul said from the family and then also when the children are still starting in school so there is really a need to to highlight that there is something to be had from from a STEM career, meaning that there are possibilities for you. It's a bit sad because in the Philippines, I think some scientific careers are, especially in the academe, are probably not well compensated. So unless, of course, you have your PhD and you're really going up the academic ranks. And still this I, I was even told by one scientist like uh, telling me like hey just uh, go back to the philippines because what you earn abroad is something that you can also earn here but i think this is also something something that the others are not aware of that if you have your your academic degree 
you you can do not just academic work but on the side you can also do consultancy work and this consultancy work you yeah you earn that that extra money so this was what has been uh, said to me and so in terms of practicality if we're coming from this perspective of practicality sure mer- meron talaga pwede talagang kumita kung kung scientist so pero kailangan lang natin talagang ipakita to at i-highlight sa lahat na okay as a scientist hindi lang siya vocation which is usually what a lot of scientists in the Philippines are are doing pero at the side you can also earn some some money Thank you, Denise. I, I very much agree with that also. Like to be, to, I guess to have a, sometimes I guess a stable job, especially in the field of STEM, the Philippines, you have to pursue further studies. And sometimes these degrees aren't available here. So you have to go abroad for them. Pa, then babalik ka pa dito. So yeah, maybe Denise, in line, in line with that, how can we better support young Filipinos in their dreams or aspirations in STEM? So one thing that I thought about this is comparing also with other developing countries. So alam ko yung for example, I had classmates from Ghana, I had classmates from other Asian countries and then meron talaga silang system na they encourage their young ones to to study like PhD not just in the Philippines of course but also abroad. And then there's there is a so-called return service. So I think for us in the Philippines, it's very much focused on scholarships. Uh, so gaya nung sabi ni ni Paul kanina, di ba? May DOST scholarships. Pero wala yung talagang strong collaboration with other countries that they enable this exchange. Because at least here in Germany, very much encouraged talaga. Yung, you go out of your home university and learn from another university. So inter-university, that means like after your bachelor's, it's highly encouraged that you become mobile. So the mobility is not just within Germany, uh, but mobility even in other European countries. So meron silang so-called Erasmus uh, exchange program. So yun yung, I think it's also something probably that that can be thought of in in the Philippines so very scholarship focused kasi uh, but not so much into the cross pollination of learning among everyone so within the Philippines or even outside so i think this will highly encourage the students kasi it's really nice to meet other students from other universities other countries and learn from them Yeah, it's important for organizations or maybe other schools or other like-minded organizations to also provide these kind of opportunities to students. Because the interest is already there. Nandun na yung interest nila. So it's more on giving them that opportunity to, to you know, to give them that kind of direction or to take course of their STEM career. So thank you again, Denise, for sharing. Um, what about you, Paul? Like, how can you better support young Filipinos in their aspirations in STEM? Yeah, I agree with Denise na wala masyadong interaction. Like, we have no internships during my time in college. During my BS Biology program, I don't know what to do after. Aside from, yeah, what I have mentioned before na medicine, teaching, yun lang yung alam ko na courses. But I think if wala pa masyadong nagagawa ang government or 
ang institution with regards to exposing their students to different careers in STEM. Maybe students can start their own seminars or webinars where they can invite individuals from STEM that will help them be introduced to these different careers in STEM. Like I have this one talk in Ateneo de Davao where they have invited me to be part of their career orientation for their BS Biology program. So I think that is one of a good practice where your student is exposed to different work or career in STEM. Like I, me as a pharmaceutical uh, scientist, also they have a speaker that is working on biodiversity and policy making and I think that is really, really good. Moreover, we can support young Filipinos in their dreams in STEM by constantly reminding them of how fun STEM is. We have to show them that there is more to STEM constantly. We have to remind them that they can pursue STEM and it is not exclusive for the geeks and the nerds that STEM is open for all. Also, I can see that uh, science communication is starting to flourish here in the Philippines, especially on social media, like Dr. Reina's Pinoy Scientist, where Miss Denise and I is uh, part. Also, itong project nyo with Unilab is also doing really, really great because I've been following you in Instagram and Facebook. So, aside from that, I think we can tap on YouTube by having vloggers that are part of the STEM community where they can share their daily lives working on STEM, doing their experiments, doing policies that will benefit, that will surely benefit our country. Also, I hope that with all of these platforms to reach students, parents, STEM and non-STEM uh, individuals, they will see all of the opportunities that STEM offers. Thank you, Paul. I think nowadays, considering no na yung human or like human interaction, that, that aspect in our everyday activities, very important in yung social media or being online. I, I guess um, the importance also of role models, diba? like seeing na someone, a scientist, for example, like you, Paul, in this region or in this area, or you, Denise, also abroad, like they'll see, okay, I can be like them also. I can, I can pursue a career just like the career they're pursuing. So I think that kind of seeing that kind of um, content or seeing that kind of experience from other scientists or role models really helps Filipinos feel more inspired than to take up the track. Like pairing it also with opportunities that they can receive from different organizations or institutions. So thank you, Paul and Denise, for sharing that. I, I guess to my last question for we can start with you, Paul, um, specifically to the kind of work you do, because you and Denise also mentioned you work with indigenous communities. So how can a STEM career impact the world or the communities that you're also serving right now? And especially moving forward now with COVID-19. So it is really apparent that how career in STEM impacts the world from the food we eat to the clothes we wear and how we manage our economy. So STEM is really part of all of this. For the conservation and preservation of our natural resources, which are essential to tourism, food security, health, and overall economy, we need someone from the STEM field. So something related to my field, I think a career in STEM can really help, especially uh, respect the culture of our indigenous people when it comes to traditional medicine. We can help 
the uh, confirm if the plans that they are taking for medicinal uh, medicinal purposes really works or not. Because sometimes these plants causes toxicity that can lead to detrimental effects to this individual. So in our field, it is really, really important that we focus on the health of our indigenous people by confirming the validity, the validity and the toxicity of these plants that they are using. Thank you so much, Paul, for sharing that. What about you, Denise? How can a STEM career impact the world and the communities that directly benefit from that kind of work? Yeah, so for me, I think being in a very privileged position that I can work abroad while working for projects in, in the Philippines and also my my field itself. So environmental issues do not have often do not have borders. So climate change, right? For example. And that's why I'm really choosing to to work uh, not just in, in the Philippines, but also regions abroad. So such a STEM career is especially in environmental one is not just relevant for for one region but also for for other parts of the world and gaya nung, nung sabi ni, ni Paul kanina issues are also quite similar for example indigenous peoples in the philippines indigenous peoples even in europe the sami people for example in finland they are experiencing similar challenges and so being in this career where I am now, ecology interdisciplinarily interacting with social science, it's something I think that, that can contribute greatly. So, ibig sabihin parang hindi lang focused on, on one aspect of a problem because it's a systems problem. So, kailangan, kailangan na meron tayong kaalaman, hindi lang sa one aspect. So, but really seeing the bigger picture. So this is what's very helpful. And hopefully we can try to develop more well-rounded scientists in the Philippines. Thank you, Denise. And thank you, Paul, for sharing that. And um, I guess that ends our podcast. And again, the pandemic has really highlighted the importance of STEM, but more so why we need more people in STEM careers. And the not it's it's important that we not just prepare the students but prepare also organizations and institutions to really equip them with the necessary skills the the, the right opportunities also for them to get into the stem track so again thank you so much denise and paul for sharing your insights it's a very fruitful discussion and i learned so much also from both of you having coming also from different uh, stem careers and backgrounds and i myself not from a STEM course, STEM background also. So thank you so much for sharing your stories and your journeys also. And tune in our next episode as we invite more students, more advocates, and experts in the field of STEM. STEM Talks is powered by STEM Plus PH, the flagship program of UNAB Foundation. Make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast as well as our Facebook page, STEM Plus PH or at stemph.rocks. You can also follow our Instagram at underscore stemph for more updates. Make sure to tag us when you share our episodes 
and use the hashtags STEMPH, STEMFI, and STEMPHROP. We can't wait to STEMify the future of the Philippines with you.